So we entitled this uh, series, Core Expressions. And again, I'm going to move kind of quick because uh, you can just listen to the, the podcast and et cetera. But I just want to give you these highlight points. And I'm going to ask my wife to come down as well in a minute. And so if we could just set up these tables with the chairs, that would be great so we can move right into that next segment. But um, uh, so we've entitled this series, Core Expression, because you will always express what you value. Whatever you value. If you value something, you're going to express it. And you could tell me all day that you value something, but I'm going to see See what you really value by how you express it, how you speak, how you talk, who you hang out with, what uh, you know, what you do. That's going to be seen through your actions. You know, love uh, uh, speaks uh, louder than words. Actions speak. Love is action. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Love is not just some ooey gooey. You know, love is real. Somebody say real, and it's real in action. Now, listen, love and honor. I believe uh, we talked about this too. So we go from belief to thoughts. Right? Into feelings, into, into actions, and into results. And how many want results? How many want God results? Well, if you want God results, you have to go all the way back to what you're believing. And many times we're in cycles in our life because uh, we haven't dealt with what we believe. And many times we try to deal uh, with our feelings. You know, we try to bring our feelings under submission. We try to bring, uh, we try to deal with our actions. I'll never do that again. But the truth is, is that none, none of those things are going to stop if you don't first go back to what you believe. Somebody say, I'm going to go back to what I believe. And so last week we had the uh, 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 honor of having uh, Tina uh, uh, and, we are, and Walker and also Virginia Price. Then they do a wonderful job last week. And, I mean, they're just killing it on the social media, doing podcasts. And I, I heard there's a whole lot of other stuff happening in Relentless behind the scenes concerning videos and all this great stuff. I think Matt Kim just launched a creative scene, a passion project. It's blowing up over the Internet. So I'm telling you, God is moving in, in, in our authenticity and who we're called to be and what we're called to do in so wonderful to see that. Um, uh, so love and honor is, is one of our core uh, values, and I like to call them, and maybe uh, we can note this down for everyone who's uh, doing paperwork and uh, on social media and stuff. We're going to start, instead of calling it our core values, we're going to start calling it our core expression. And so our core expression here at Relentless is love and honor. First John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from who? Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And so real simple, I just want to just, I want to try to be as simple and, and uh, um, uh, direct as I can that love, what, what I see from this and what the Lord was speaking to me to highlight, because I know many of you can preach a good message about love, to love someone in this context means to prefer. Somebody say prefer. Okay, preference is a choice. So you have to, you have to choose to prefer someone before yourself. It means to prefer. To prefer someone means to give them priority. Hello? Okay. So many times, unfortunately, and it's because of our culture, we prefer ourselves. And that's why I think authenticity and diversity is limited in the body and all throughout the world is because we are we have become, like it says in Second Timothy 3, 1 through 3. But now in the last days, perilous times will come and men will become lovers of themselves. So we'll prefer ourselves. We'll prefer our revelation. We'll prefer our experience. We'll prefer everything before we prefer our brother. And I believe that God is raising up a generation and he's raising up this church to learn how to prefer one another. Hello? Oh, y'all thought I was going to talk about unconditional love, and we need to love all the time and love all wins. Yes, I believe in that. But listen to me. We need to learn how to prefer our brother. 
You know, everybody's not where you are in the Lord. Everybody might not be in the same walk, the same path, but we still need to prefer our brother. We need to speak with our brother and love on him. We need to listen to what he's saying or her or what she's saying. We need to, we have, in our marriages, that's how marriages work is when you prefer one another. When you stop preferring one another, you create walls in your marriage. You create walls in your relationship. Okay, I think you guys are taking notes. That's good. So true love, this is the point I want you to get, and a value, and what we value. True love is selfless. You know, many times when we talk about leadership, and, you know, I've, I've been able, been graced to travel and, and listen to a lot of preachers and, and a lot of uh, people that, you know, talk and, and apostles and prophets. Uh, one thing that I, I didn't realize at, at when in the early part of my ministry is that leadership really only works if it's selfless. It only works if it's selfless. And actually, the leader is called to give even, I believe, even more of themselves to be an example to those that they are leading on how selfless they should be. And so I thought, you know, like, you know, I was brought up in a ministry where the platform was the thing. And when you stand up on the mic or when you get a chance to teach or whatever the case, that that was the place where I can show um, uh, my anointing and my glory. But the truth is, is what I learned is that the sacrifice that many of these leaders were uh, uh, playing in, in the in, in the secret. Uh, many of the nights of tears, the turmoil, the things, uh, the loss of family. And, you know, and I'm telling you, uh, the, what we do as leaders sometimes, I don't understand it because someone could come to me after service and say, my cousin just died. And then, you know, and then I tap into empathy and I cry with them and I love on them. And then the next thing you know, someone comes up to me and says, I'm getting married next week. Isn't this so exciting? And I have to tap into joy and celebration. And then the next thing, somebody comes up to me and says, you know, my mom has been diagnosed with cancer. And then so a many, many times as leaders, Leaders, and if you're leading anybody, even if it's your hamster, you're leading someone. If you're leading, and the more you're leading, the more you're influencing, right, the more it means that you have to give up of yourself. And you have to prefer your brothers and sisters even before your own self. That doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. That doesn't mean that you let yourself go. That doesn't mean you set up, don't set up boundaries. Listen, love is wise as well. But what I'm saying is that there is a giving of yourself that you have to be prepared for if you really want to walk this thing out. Listen, Jesus had to get up early in the morning to pray. He had to get up early. Why? Because all day long people were pulling and tugging and acting and questioning and this and that. All day. So he had to get up early to spend time with God. He had to get early to get the wisdom of God. And all day long he preferred the people. He made them a priority. And at, at this church we want to make people a priority. People are a priority. God is a priority, and God is looking at people. Oh, brother, I'm just all about God. Whatever God wants, what God wants people. And so you got to get this relationship right. you got to get this, this uh, vertical. Uh, is this vertical? Yeah, vertical. But then it, it, the vertical is always going to lead to the horizontal. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. For who? For people. And if you don't like people and you have attitude towards people, it's going to be tough. People tell me all the time, I love people, but why don't people love you? <laughs> Am I, is it okay? Can I say this in church? I don't know. That might, that might have been a little bit my flesh. So I repent. <laughs> so listen to this. So true love is selfless. Our own desires. Um, so it, we talk. So many times we wrap everything around our own desires. The world evolves around us. The universe evolves around I'm telling I'm sorry that by, uh, by his, all things consist by him. That's what it says in Colossians. The world, the universe, all exists. He's holding it all together. 
And so we have to step out of our own ecosystems. We have to step out of our own world. If we're really going to step into love as a church, we're going to have to step out of our own preferences and our own uh, and prefer him and prefer others. Because that's true love. It's true love. It's not emotional. It's not like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Oh, I can just feel it. It's so deep. Oh, Shabbat. And then you backbiting, gossiping, and all that stuff. That's not, that's not real love. That means that you want to you give an a, 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 a image of love, but you're denying the power. And I'm cutting myself at the same time. So you, I cut you, you cut me, we're all good. The word cuts, the word cuts. All right. Listen to this. When we prefer someone, we make of ourselves no reputation. This is super important. You know, many times I go into situations where I can, I, everything in me wants to rise up to validate myself and validate my call and my anointing because that's what we do as people. Sometimes we, we put our business card out before we put our heart out. And if you're really going to win the world, nobody wants your business card. People want your heart. People want you to know that you care. People want, that, that is the whole thing in marketing and, and social media and everything now is that people don't care how many millions you make. People want to care about that you care. And so uh, businesses have, have, have even had to change their strategy. How many know God already knew that? That is not leading with our business card. It's not leading with my anointing. Many times I've been in situations where um, uh, people will come to me and start, oh, I'm going to prophesy over you. And I'm like, who are you? Like, what's your name? How you doing? I was in a situation the other day, and this young man came up to me, and, and he said, I want you to pray for me. And I said, sure. I said, what's your name? What are you going through? And he was like, no, I want you to prophesy first. I said, I don't, I don't, this is not a game. This is not a magic trick. <laughs> Just because you saw me prophesying up there, I was asked to prophesy. Uh, and I was, very, I was very bold, but it was very much in truth, and it was very much in love. I was like, listen, I care about you. What's your name? What are you going through? He told me about how he was having all these problems in his body. And I asked my wife to come over and we ministered to him. And I asked him, hey, man, like, how's your relationship with your dad? And I think that if I would just prophesy and just give work out the gift, I would have totally missed out on all the love that was poured on this man. I mean, he was noticeably right actually noticeably trembling, crying, weeping. Uh, I gave, and I gave him my phone number. Most people say, why would you give him your number? You don't want everybody to have your number, Pastor. Everybody don't need your number because if people get your number. Then they go, listen, let God just do what he do. God will warn me and speak to me and tell me no. But in that moment, I felt love for this young man. And I said, man, listen, anytime you want to reach out, email me, need a prayer, just go ahead and reach out. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. Because that's what love does. Love prefers. And, yeah, I could have easily looked at him and said, oh, man, this guy needs a lot more work. He needs a pastor. He needs to get into church. I ain't dealing with this young man. He probably 100 people already prayed for him. Father, in Jesus' name, touch him, touch his mind in Jesus' name. Amen. But that's preferring myself. And my own safety, but not putting myself out on the line. Love puts itself out on the line. I hope you guys are getting this. Because this, I want this to rest on our church. I want it to rest in our hearts. I want us to walk this out. I want us to live this out for real, for real. Love doesn't prefer itself. It prefers others. And listen to this. God is love. So everyone who love, loves has been born of God and knows God. So if we have been born of God, we have the nature and we have the ability to love like God loves. We have the ability. Somebody say, I have the ability. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. That's what the Bible says. So I can partake. So don't make an excuse because of your prophetic bent. Don't make an excuse because of, 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 of many times we can make excuses of why we're so angry. No, 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 no. There's no excuse. 
Now, the Bible says to be angry, but don't sin. I get that. But I'm saying you can't be grumpy all the time and say it's part of your calling. You can't be serious all the time and say it's part of your calling. No, no, no. We have to learn how to enter in. And now, listen, I believe that there are different administrations and operations of how love can actually flow through a person depending on their experience and their culture, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, love looks like God. And if I got love and it, do, and it doesn't look like God, then I, I, then I, I got shortchanged. Don't shortchange people with your love. Be extravagant and be liberal with God's love. Am I making sense? Am I helping you? Okay. See, because sometimes love looks like it's sitting down and having a conversation. Sometimes love looks like me praying in the prayer closet and, and crying out on the behalf of the people. Oh, pastor, he doesn't meet with me. Oh, pastor, he overlooked me. Oh, pastor. No, how do you mean you know that? Sometimes I'm praying for you. Sometimes I'm lifting you up before the throne. Sometimes I'm going through stuff. And I need somebody to pray for me. See, love prefers. Let me just say this. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in, in honor. So we're talking about love and honor is both our core value and honor is simply valuing, giving people worth and value. You're valuable. You're worth. Listen, God doesn't throw anything away. He restores it. He redeems it. And so it says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Love others well and don't hide behind a mask. I love this one. I don't always like everything that the trashing, the, the, trashing, the, the passion translation says, because sometimes I think it could be confusing if, you, if, you, if you're not looking at the certain things. But this scripture, man, I loved it. It was like, boom, it hit me in the, in the right in the middle of my four eyes. Uh, forehead or four eyes, I don't know. <laughs> Love others well. And don't hide behind a mask. Many times we hide behind spirituality. We hide behind intellectualism. We hide behind whatever, religion. We hide behind pride. We hide behind insecurity. Don't wear a mask. I just declare that God is ripping the mask off of you. Love authentically. Love that. Despise evil. Uh Uh-oh. So love is not always, like I said, ooh, I'm loving today. I'm ooshy and gushy and everything as well. No, love sometimes looks like despising evil. And wickedness. Despise evil. Pursue what is good as if your life depends on it. And then, I love this. Live in true devotion. This is another translation. Live in, actually, this is not the, uh, the passion. This is actually the voice translation. I'm sorry. It says, live in true devotion to one another. Live in true devotion to one another, loving each other as sisters and brothers. Listen, the word agape, right, where we get love from, if you actually look it up, it means to prefer, but it also means, well, that's agapio, right, with the O at the end. But agape also means love feast, right? So that means, and what this love feast looked like, in, uh, you know, when the, the Bible was written, was looked like a group of people that would come together, and it would be different economic statuses coming together. And so the poor were able to sit and eat with the wealthy at the expense of the wealthy. The wealthy would be the ones that bought all the food and they would be able to sit and mingle and talk and share together and that's what a real love feast is and so we see a picture of that about preferring one another and hey if you're falling short in the area i'm going to be there to help pick you up if you have a need then that becomes my need i'm going to start to supply that i'm not going to be manipulated and controlled but i'm going to be controlled by love i'm going to be compelled by love so love others well live in true devotion love each other as sisters and brothers 
be first to honor others. And one translation says, outdo your brother. It says, it's the one time it says, you know what? You need to do better than your brother. And you know why you need to, how you need to do better than your brother? Honor. Outdo them. Somebody say, I need to outdo. I need to outdo you. I need to honor you so much. See, sometimes we get so offended when we don't feel like we're honored. Because rejection doesn't feel good and God didn't call us and didn't create us to be rejected. When he created us, he said, it is good. And so that's why rejection hurts. And that's why uh, pain is real when we're rejected and when we're uh, talked about or whatever the case may be. But the truth is, sometimes we live in that place of rejection and want everyone to validate our pain instead of stepping out and honoring others and valuing others and outdoing our brothers and sisters. Like, hey, they might not value me, but I'm going to outdo them and honor them. First Peter 4, 8, above all things, have intense, this is for you, Melody, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Love is intense. Hello? Love is in your face. Love is real. Love is not fake. Love forgives and disregards the offenses of others. That's what I just said. Sure, maybe what you did to harm me, but God's going to turn around and use it for good. Sure, maybe you talked about me, maybe you said things that weren't true, but I'm still going to love you and speak the word of God over you and bless you in Jesus' name. Now listen, just because I love you doesn't mean I have to trust you. And we need to know that. Just because we love people doesn't mean that we have to fully trust them. I love my son, but I'm not going to give him the keys to my car because he's not ready for that. Some people are not ready for access into your life. And that's where boundaries come in. That's you loving them. Because if you give them too much access, they'll bring destruction. Not only to you, but to themselves. And love knows how to put out boundaries. And it doesn't, it's not a bad thing. It's a real thing. Hello? Now, listen, don't put up walls that God never created you to put up. Because you can miss out on the blessing and what God is doing in your life. So that's the other side. Are you guys Okay. I'm literally almost done. First Peter 4, 8, Ashley, why don't you come up, baby? Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for others. We read that. Now, I want to read this. God is jealous. Somebody say, God is jealous. Just like a husband is jealous over his wife, that word is zealio. It's a, almost like zealous. Uh, just like a husband should be jealous over his wife. It's not a bad thing. I mean, if it's dominating and manipulating and controlling his wife, it's bad. But there is something inside of us that wants to protect, that wants to keep, that wants to nurture. And that is there is a divine jealousy. Amen. And God is that way over us. And it says, for you shall not worship any other God. For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. And I believe that God is raising up a people who are zealous for the things of God. Now, look at this. Somebody says, what? What does love look like? Because many times I think we have an impression of what love looks like. And when I look at the word, I'm seeing uh, maybe uh, I'm seeing one train of thought, but then I'm seeing something else. Look at this. Jesus is love. How many would agree with me? Everything he did was out of love. Everything that how he operated. God is love. Jesus is God. Bam. Love. Look at this. Matthew 21, 12. Then Jesus went into the temple. Praise God. And he drove out. What? Jesus. Driving people out. Clean itself out. Get it all up in their face. No, love is like, you know, patient and like quiet and, you know, if, you know, maybe I'll say something one day or not. Um, maybe I'll just, you know. No, love is, well, I'll let Ashley talk about it. <laughs> love, God drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned. Oh, my God, Jesus is in there overturning tables. 
Love. Because love despises evil and the seats of those who sold doves. It didn't say he hit the people. Well, I think one translation said he de-whipped the people. Is that true? He whipped them? Was that that's true? I need some scholars helping me. I was like, he whipped. Jesus was whipping people? You know whips hurt? You know whips hurt? But he was zealous. He was jealous. He was full of love. He was full of compassion. And it doesn't always look like, oh, it's going to be okay, baby. Everything's going to, you know, God's got a plan for you. Just go ahead and keep just, you know, crying before the Lord. And he's going to bring it to pass. Sometimes it's like, let's get into the, no, we'll let you talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Let me say this. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Many times we emphasize how much we should love, we love God and others, but if we don't see God's love in its fullness, it could become soulish, it can become emotional, and it denies the very power of God to set you and others free. So I asked my wife to come here. You have a mic, baby? So we're talking about love, sweetie. Somebody say, what up, Ashley? Hey, y'all. <laughs> and so, Ashley, I want to ask you some, um, some pointed questions um, for the sake of time. What does love look like to you? Um, so this is like an area that I've been, um, I want to say, I don't know, wrestling with the Lord because I see like, I, I see two dynamics in my life. I see where the love of God has poured identity into me, like that I am accepted, that I'm a, I'm a daughter of God, that I can access him at all times, that love went to the cross for me, bore my sin, my iniquity, um, And to me, like, Jesus dying on the cross was ugly. It was gross. And he went to the pit of hell for me, right? And so um, I find that I found this expression of love, that where love is willing to go to the pits of things and pull out the treasure, right? And so um, sometimes it doesn't look beautiful. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't look nice when, when someone's in steeped in iniquity, steeped in sin, and you're, you want to pull them out of it, um, it doesn't always look nice because the truth sets them free, right? And most people, a lot of people, and all, all of us probably can see that some of the things I was in is because I believed a lie and because I accepted um, my, my circumstances as, as truth. And, and so I found that for me, I was so thankful when someone was straight up with me. I was so thankful, not just people, but I can't tell you how many times God said to me, Ashley, you're wrong. You know? He said what to you? I'm wrong. Wow. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Ashley, you know, like, you, you need, like, you need, like, I've heard the Lord say to me a few times, you need deliverance. You know, um, and so if, if God did not tell me the truth, I wouldn't be free right now. And so um, I find that and if you know me, like I don't like fluff stuff. And so I, I like I what like does that mean? Fluff you don't like stuff. fluff stuff. <laughs> I, I am. I well, let me put it this way, like, you know, like people like they say they know how to say the right thing to like make you like them or, or I don't know, just come across like they're probably very genuine. Like 
They want to be nice or cordial, not. Or not. Who knows? They just want to put up, you know, something. And for me, I'm like, I'm. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to do that for me. You know what I mean? Like, I understand you can have a bad day. <laughs> you know, you can, you can, you can have something wrong with you, and it's okay. And I, and I wanna, I wanna experience you. You know, not what you want to portray about yourself. Um, and so I find that sometimes, I. Um, I, sometimes I can discern a smile. I can discern what's behind the smile, and so um, I, I just feel like, when are you? When am I going to really meet you? You know, and so um, so so sometimes that's hard for me because I can see the. In- I mean, I can see the insecurity, and of course, I go through my own process. Like I'm, I love you anyways. Even if you want to put a mask on, you can leave the mask on for as long as you want to. Um, it's your choice to take the mask off and be vulnerable. I don't know your story, right? Um, but I don't like it when the enemy has a person in a prison. And I think that's where I get angry. I get angry when, when I see the prison that the enemies put people in. And if, if, I, if they just were to hear truth, it would set them free. Does that make sense? And so I'll always, and I, and I say this, like, with love. You know what God taught me about love? God told me, like, he says, I've created your boundaries and walls, Ashley. And so I've created, like, have you ever been in a relationship with someone and you could see the destruction in their life and you want to, like, intervene and, like, tell the truth, right? And um, you want to say something. <laughs> and if you're justice driven, you're ready. You've made, you've made many. Yes, all my justice people say, woo <laughs> You ready to say something, tell somebody about themselves because you need to see that this, they need to see that this is wrong, right? Um, But the Lord showed me this, is that, Ashley, I I need you to see you're not invited. Okay, unless someone invites you into their life, you can't say anything. And so I've learned that if I'm not invited, I pray. I mean, you pray anyways, but I've learned that I have to be invited into those places. And so the invitation of it will allow for breakthrough. Does that make sense? And so I, it keeps you out of judgment. It keeps you out of criticism. It keeps you out of this place because you feel like, because I can see I need to say something. Does that make sense? And so... If I've not been invited in your life to say something, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to wait for the invitation that I can say something to bring forth truth. Does that make sense? And so when people come into the into a church like this, essentially they're inviting us to say something to them. <laughs> essentially, I hope you're sitting in the seat because you're inviting us to minister to you. <laughs> so there's automatically a place that truth can come forth, right? So... Um, so that's kind of my little deal. I just find that, that love really, sometimes love cuts, and it cuts the cancer out. Can you talk about that a little bit, like (laughs) love being confrontational? Yes. So, and I feel like, you know what, I feel like we would be so much more healed if we knew biblical confrontation. I'm just, just to be truthful, like if we understood biblical confrontation, we would be a lot more healed than we are. Does that make sense? And I, I, I feel like there's a place for confrontation. Um, I think there's a place for it. And, but the, the, the key is, is that we have to create safety. 
Does that make sense? Like, you know, when you go to a hospital, like, they're going to cover the room up a little bit. They're not going to let you walk out naked, expose all yourself out, and then the doctor comes in. You know what I'm saying? But I will say this, y'all. Those of you who have babies, right, you don't care who's in the room. Can I get a witness? I, I went, listen, when you trying to deliver something and hey, you, hey. you in pain, you don't care who's in the room. Get this thing out of me now. I don't know. I remember I was with Shiel. They brought all the teaching, the, the, the training doctors in. I didn't even care. Spread equal everything. <laughs> Before I thought I cared, but when I was in that situation, when you're in a dire need, you don't care. You set me free. I'm not thinking about shame or guilt. I want to be free. And so for me, I think like, I think that, I think when it comes to certain situations, you may see someone at our church get delivered from a demon in front of everybody. And some people, well, that should have been done behind the room. You don't know their situation. They've probably been behind many rooms and never got delivered. But at this moment, at this appointed time, and God wants, oh my gosh, when someone gets set free, it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful to see the power of God deliver you out of darkness. It is a beautiful thing, right? And so I think we need to give value to being set free and getting rid of toxic. I mean, if someone's here had a, a, a tumor, huge, and it started to dissolve in front of you, how many of you have been be rejoicing? Like God is, is in the midst of us is removing darkness out of someone's life. I can't tell you how many times I've been snotted, on the floor, <laughs> crying, screaming, wailing before multiple people. But I got up. I didn't even care who saw me. I didn't care what happened because I love met me right there. Does that make sense? And love died in the open, right? Yeah. And I, I just. God opened. He, he was a, made a public display. Right. And he wasn't hidden with, with his love. Uh, anything else you'd like to say? No, I think that's it. I just think I think we can create safe places for confrontation. I feel like we can say we can create safe places for pain to come forth. How would you do that to, uh, for application? Like how how would you? What would be your advice to those who are in their life and their family? Um, how would you say that they can create those safe places? I think that there is a lot of scripture on biblical confrontation. I think when you have something in your heart about somebody that you should. Um, you should talk about it with that person if possible. And if you feel like you feel like you don't have the wisdom for it or don't know how to go about it, um, I'm sure there's someone in your life, God's place, that has wisdom. And you can ask questions like, this is what I want to do. How would you say I go about this? And um, you'll find that a lot of the stuff that you go through with people, that person wasn't even intending <laughs> It was so, like, it was a lot of a miscommunication. And so um, if you were at the Den of Debris, I have learned I've, what, I, what I did speak about with the ladies at, at, my, at the small group is that. Shameless plug, Den of Debris. Is that if you can start to apply, um, I, I call it self-deliverance, but I call it also self-checking. Um, also putting out all the variables. Did I hear wrong? Is there a possibility they didn't see me? Is there a possibility that I'm interpreting this wrong? Is there a possibility I'm interpreting the situation through my pain and my own filters, right? So you start to self-check yourself. Like, maybe maybe I didn't hear properly, you know? And then and asking, starting to have a conversation with the Lord about it. Start talking to God like, okay, Lord, like, I want to make sure my heart is in the right place here. Um, 
and automatically putting your place before the Lord. I think, honestly, before you even talk to anybody about anything, you should already forgiven them. Before you and God, you should have already been to the place where, like, God, I don't know what happened. I'm going to have a conversation. It doesn't matter. You know, I want to fix this relationship, but I'm, I've forgiven them already. And I'm putting at my place in a position to hear, 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 in, and I want to see the situation from their perspective and from your perspective. And, and then have ears to hear and eyes to see and allow God to bring healing because then you get the devil out of the equation. And you can expose the enemy for, wh for what he is. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming to kill relationships. He's coming to bring offense. He's coming, that is the, you know how the word says, they will know us by our love for one another. And I, you know, well, so one more thing. So ahead, just baby. a little plug for Roxy. So Roxy, um, so if you, if you come to our home sometimes, like me and Malik will, like fuss, and we fuss in front of people. And not in a bad way, but we just do us, right? If you're in our home and we've invited you in our space and me and Malik are having a moment, you may see something. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. They be there with popcorn and <laughs> everything. they be like. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. God, that's what pastors do, huh? Yeah. That's great. Okay. That's great. Keep it up. No, no, don't mind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Keep yeah. Going. <laughs> <laughs> and Roxy told me, she was like, this is so good. I've never seen, like, people fight healthy. Seriously, like, what does it look like to, in the, in the context of a family, we're a family, to deal with conflict and to deal with things? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's healthy. How many of you come out of a family where, where fighting wasn't healthy? Huh? Oh, you, they see the opposite. They, they say we love each other too oh, much. Yeah. You know what I'm That's saying? Okay. Anyways, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying that I just feel like that we can create space. <laughs> They get all grossed out when we touch. They all, that's, anyway. So, anyway, but I just feel like, I think, I think, in, I think, I think God wants to disciple within family units and see what, what healthy um, confrontation looks like. Um, and sometimes, like, we have, a, we have this little, and I'm done. So we have this, like, island in our house. Oh, and yeah. there's been many, many debating and... If I could just tell you some of the debates at this island. <laughs> and, and we need to pour some oil on that island. Yeah, I think we might need to pray over that. A, a demon of debate in that island. Been, there's also been, like, been, you know, voice lifted, you know what I'm saying? Going back and forth about the things of God, right? And so. And then I come up like, hey, maybe we need to just stop this conversation right know, now. And they're like, get out of here, Pastor Malay. <laughs> We're going for it. We're okay. We love each other. But, and you can come in in the atmosphere, you can cut through it, you know, like thick, right? But the truth is, it's a, it's a place of conversation. We're conversating and we're not, we're not fighting because I don't like you. We're, we're coming to, we're, we're passionate, especially around us. Like we're passionate people, right? And so if I, if, you know, if I have questions, I'm passionate. It comes from my heart and I feel like that there should be space for that. Does that make sense? Because if you ain't doing it to the person, you you doing it to somebody, you talk about something to someone. <laughs> Very passionate about it, too. You know what I mean? So why not talk to one another, work it out, work your the differences. It's okay if you don't agree. There's many friends we have that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on. But ultimately, is that enough to break relationship? No. And so... Um, and you loving people to your loving people. Yes. Um, and over time, walls begin to break. Like over time, like maybe you can't you can't 
convinced with words, but your actions convince. You know, your actions speak for, for the places like where you say you love me, but I don't believe you. Okay, that's fine. And I understand where you're at. But hopefully over time, the walls will begin to crumble, right? Okay. And so, and, 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 then, and I'm done. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like this. Biblical confrontation. Yes, and I feel like this. On display like, right now. I feel like that um, sometimes I've found that people come in relationship with me and they find that I'm intense. Has anyone ever said that about you? I've said that about a couple about, people here. You probably feel that way about me too, that I'm intense, right? But if you're in relationship with long enough for me, you'll know that my intensity is because I want you to be free. Does that make sense? And over time, you'll see that the passion that I have is because I am so done with the devil. It's not towards you, <laughs> but it's towards like I, I know my enemy and I know what I've been brought out of. And, I, and it, if it makes me like the Bible says we have to get angry with the enemy. We have to get angry. Uh, get sick of sin, get sick of these things because God, I, I have an opinion with heaven and I believe God is not okay with it. So why am I okay with it? And so, and that's, that's his nature. He is, he is fiercely in love with you mm-hmm. and we have to, we, and we have to express this and I don't know about you, but God's love is so like, it's overwhelming sometimes. It is so it is, it's so intense, right? And, and, it, and it loves you enough to pull you out of every pit, out of every circumstance, and it wants to deliver you. And even as I, the word I came to say, his hand is not too short to save you out of your situation. And so we need that in our life um, to deliver, to set free. And so that's it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You get a little big hand clap. Thank you, sweetie. I love you. We're going to end. Let's get the worship team to come up. Real quick, and let me just, uh, just say one more thing. I totally agree with you, Ashley, that uh, love is sometimes it is confrontational. And I love that, I, that, that picture of, of cutting the cancer out, that love goes deep to cut the cancer out. And so uh, many times, uh, and, you know, you know, sometimes, let me just say this, and I, 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 I don't want to go on a rabbit trail, but I do want to say, you know, if you have a, let's say you're in a life or death situation. Not everybody here is in a life or death situation. I totally get that. But sometimes you can be in like a life and death situation and maybe leaders or prophetic people or people that you, God has given and put into your life can see that. And so sometimes they don't ha- there's not there's not enough time to sit down and have a cup of coffee and have a meal and have a lot of conversations. Sometimes we, we see it and we need to go right after it. And I want to ask you guys to be patient with us at times, especially my wife and I, that sometimes we see things and we want to. And I'm not saying that we're going to be rude and just like put you over and say, listen, you need deliverance. Just sit right there and let's do it. But what I'm saying is sometimes that we can't have three sessions of just talking and having coffee. Like sometimes we got to get to the business. We got to get to where the root. We have to get to it because we want. And the key is not this, that to fix you. That's not the key. The key is that you can fulfill your purpose. And the enemy is always fighting against your purpose. He's fighting against your destiny. And we feel called to be in your life to help you fulfill your purpose and your destiny. And I do believe in friendship, discipleship. Uh, I don't always operate in that. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But I want to tell you that I believe that when God puts leaders and people in your life, many times he's trying to do something and equip you and train you so that you can be released. And many, Jesus said this. He said, follow me. Wherever I go, follow me. And we had to, they had to make a decision where they're going to follow. And many times they did complain. And why is he doing this? And why don't we just make him king, et cetera? They had many opinions. But the truth is, is that love was saying, follow me because I'm going to make, I'm going to break open the way in your life so that you can find your purpose and your destiny. Love always wins. Somebody say, love always wins. All right, why don't you stand up on our feet?
Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash relentlessdc.